This is Jared O'Brien for the Christians Engaging Culture podcast. Christians Engaging Culture exists to equip Christians to give a faithful answer in everyday cultural conversations and to turn those conversations to the gospel. Last episode, we looked at how Christians have responded to plague and pestilence through history. I thought this week it would be helpful to look at what the Bible has to say in this time. We're going to listen to a talk I gave to the youth of St. Thomas's a few weeks ago. It was on the 20th of March, which might seem like years ago now, but it was a time when lockdowns had just started. We weren't able to do youth group together, but the youth were still going to school. I gave a short talk on Psalm 46 and Luke 13 about the comfort for Christians in a time of crisis, but also the call that Jesus gives for repentance in a time like this. I hope you find it helpful as you try to persevere and witness to Jesus in this time. It's good to come and listen to what the Bible says because I've said it before, I'll say it again, the Bible is a very realistic book. God deals with us in this world as it really is. And there's people, you know, there's people suffering in the world right now and people often say, you know, I couldn't believe in a God who, when there's so much suffering in this world. But I say back to them, what about the suffering God? What about the God who took on human flesh, who lived among us and suffered so deeply going to the cross to save us from our sins? That is the God we worship, the God who has given us his word, the Bible. And so when he speaks to us here, it is a very realistic book. At the moment in this world, I think for a lot of high school students, probably for you, the most common emotion I'm seeing isn't really panic or fear. It's more excitement about the fact that school will be ending soon, perhaps. Um, But for a lot of people, there is more panic. There is more fear. There is more anxiety. And you guys might be starting to feel that more and more. And that happens when we have our earthly props just taken away from us. We have our things like health and wealth taken away. Um, We're confronted with the fact that actually we're going to die one day and things can get pretty scary. That's why God's Word is so awesome. If you haven't already opened your Bibles, get them open in front of you because Psalm 46 is one I want to encourage you to keep going back to. It's just a magnificent psalm, a beautiful psalm. I'm just going to read through the first few verses up to verse 7 again. It says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love this psalm so much. Because in it you see, just the world is in turmoil. Everything is moving. Like you look at verse 2. It talks about the earth giving way. How scary is that? The mountains being moved into the heart of the sea. Verse 3, the waters roaring, foaming. The mountains trembling at swelling. That's scary stuff. The earth moving beneath you. It says, talks about nations tottering, falling. Everything's moving except for one thing. God. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. And God, he lives in his 
holy city. This is talking about heaven. You look at verse 4. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Because God is there in heaven, it will never fall. The nations around us, they can totter, they can fall. God's kingdom, it will never fall. When you have your hope in Jesus Christ, your inheritance in heaven is certain, secure, never to be taken away. The kingdoms around us might fall, but that kingdom will never fall. And so I want to encourage you, Light, when you're feeling troubled or overwhelmed or anxious, to come back to Psalm 46, to remember your eternal hope, which is found in heaven, which is fixed, never to be shaken. And then to go to the end of this psalm, where does it say it? Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, light. Have that calm in your heart and stop and listen to God. Know that He is God. Know that He is your refuge, your fortress through troubled times. Second psalm, uh, the second reading that we had there was in Luke chapter 13. So I encourage you to just turn to Luke 13 briefly with me. This is actually quite a stern word from Jesus. It's a, a bit of a scary word. I'm kind of glad Jesus said it, not me, because I can say, well, this isn't me, me speaking. It's what Jesus said. But if you look at it in Luke chapter 13, Jesus starts talking about these terrible, evil things that happened around his time. He mentions two events. Uh, if you look at chapter 13, verse 1 of the book of Luke, it says there was some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. There's two tragedies here. One you could call man-made and one you could call kind of a natural disaster. You've got this terrible murder it talks about. Uh, Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Jewish people, a Roman governor, who murdered these Galileans. And then to commit sacrilege against the Jewish religion, he mixed their blood with the sacrifices. It's horrible. Human evil. And then you have this tower in Siloam falling, killing 18 people. Again, this is, this is something like you can't control when a tower falls over. It's out of anyone's hands. This isn't kind of a human evil. This is what you could call a natural evil. And we sometimes ask the question, don't we? We go, well, do these people who got killed there, are they worse sinners? You know, you could imagine someone asking the question, if someone dies of coronavirus, are they a worse sinner? Because they, they were taken and others weren't. Well, you can see Jesus' answer there. He says, verse 3, no, no, they're not worse sinners. But it's interesting, we kind of expect Jesus there to say, no, they're not worse sinners. In fact, sin doesn't really have anything to do with the calamities and problems in this world. But he doesn't say that. Instead, Jesus says, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. 
So the question is, were they worse sinners? And Jesus kind of expands it and says, no, you're all as bad as each other. You will perish if you don't repent. Like I said, this is a a very stern word. If Jesus was a doctor, he wouldn't have a very good bedside manner. These are hard words to hear from Jesus. But the thing is, Jesus is a good doctor. He, He doesn't just pat people on the head and say, there, there, go your way. He diagnoses the problem properly and he provides the right solution. He's saying here that this tragedy, these problems in this world, they're meant to remind us that this world isn't as it's meant to be. In fact, this is a world that is under the judgment of God. And there is a greater judgment coming, which we will all experience, he says, unless we repent. C.S. Lewis said that suffering or pain is kind of like God's megaphone to wake up a sleepy world. We see with this coronavirus, we have a very sleepy world. We have a world that gets very comfortable, thinks that health and prosperity are things that can just take for granted. But they're really not. And Jesus is saying, when these kinds of tragedies come, they're meant to be like a big bell going off in your life, saying, there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. Unless you repent, you will also perish. That's what I want to say to you, Lights. If you don't already have your trust in Jesus, you need to put your trust in Jesus. Because we're all going to die. Coronavirus might have a mortality rate of 1% or 3%. They'll debate about that. But sin has a mortality rate of 100%. I'm so concerned for every single member of Lights that you are prepared to die. Because unless Jesus returns, we're all going to face our own death. Jesus said he he came into this world for sinful people, people who do need to repent. If you've been kind of putting God off, not dealing with God with the respect that he deserves, this coronavirus could be a good bell, a good gong, a good megaphone in your life to say, wake up. You need to repent. Turn back. And like I said, Jesus came to save sinners. If you turn to him in repentance, He will welcome you with open arms. He loves to welcome sinners back home. But he calls us to repent, to turn back to him. I want to close just with a story about um, a preacher back in the 19th century named Charles Spurgeon. And he, he was probably the best preacher that this world has ever seen. And in 1854, there was an outbreak of cholera across the world. In London, it killed more than 10,000 people, just in London alone. Across the world, it killed more than a million people. Horrible. And he was a pastor in that time, and he was visiting people in their homes as they were dying. And he, he told the story of two different people. He told the story of a young Christian woman who was dying, going to her home. He could see that she was dying, but she was singing praises to her Lord. She knew she was going home. She was smiling. She was encouraging her brothers and sisters, mother and father, saying, I'm going to be with Christ. I'm going to heaven. I want you to make sure you're right with God so you can join me there. It's a house of hope and joy, even in the face of such tragedy. They told another story at the same time of an older man who previously had frequently kind of paid out on Charles Spurgeon, shouted at him, heckled him, treated him very poorly. He gets the call 3 a.m. in the morning. Someone tells him, 
that this man is calling for Spurgeon to come and visit, come and, in, in his dying hours. Unfortunately, when Spurgeon got there, it was too late. This man, he, he was just on the verge of death and his senses had gone. But he said, you know, here's this man on death's door and finally he starts to see he needs to call out and pay attention to God. But when he got there, it was too late. He said he had no hope for his soul. I want to encourage you, lights. I want you to be more like, I want you to be like that first girl who knew her Savior, Jesus, that he came into this world to save sinners, that he died for sins, rose in victory, and is reigning in heaven. He's preparing it as a place, an eternal dwelling place for us. You go back to Psalm 46. It's an eternal, secure, never-to-be-shaken dwelling place. And I want your hope and your confidence to be in Jesus who takes us there. I'm going to finish in prayer and then I'm going to invite Ellie to come and continue to lead us in prayer during this time. Let's pray. Now, Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for the precious Lord Jesus. We thank you that he came into this world to save sinners like us. I know I need Jesus, Father. I pray for any lights, members listening now, any other young people, anyone listening through the live stream who knows that they desperately need Jesus right now to save them from their sin. Lord, I pray for them that you would work in their hearts by your Holy Spirit to, to give them that faith, that trust in Jesus that brings us into eternal life. We thank you that the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem, will never be shaken. And Lord, we look forward to that day when you will, by Jesus, clean up all that is broken and wrong in this world and bring in the new creation. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I hope you found that talk helpful. I do believe that if our country got what it truly deserves, we would be, we would be experiencing much worse than what we're actually going through now. I really do pray that Australians would listen to Jesus and repent, lest they also perish. I'm personally taking this as a time to reflect on what I need to repent of in my life. And I hope all Christians would reflect on what we need to repent of before Almighty God. If we're calling on the world to repent, we should also be on our knees before our Creator. And especially at this time of Easter, remember the wonderful salvation He has accomplished for sinners like us. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Christians Engaging Culture. Please do pass it on to others who might find it helpful. Until next time, always remember that Jesus is a far greater saviour than you are a sinner.